must be able to hear my heart on this. And what I want to do, I want to welcome you to part three of pneumatology. How many enjoyed the Holy Spirit uh, uh, teaching series this, this month? Amen. I'm going to give you a short review, um, but if you want to know all that's been said the last two weeks, you can go on to thegracepoint.com and pull down the sermon series down there, and you'll, you'll hear some amazing words, especially from last week from Pastor Craig when he talked about who is the Holy Spirit. You read, he, was, uh, he's been in, oh, he graduated from RU, and he hadn't preached for about four years, and we were the first ones that he unloaded on. So it was great, and uh, he gave you everything about the Holy Spirit in 45 minutes. So he set me up to get and talk about today about the work of the Holy Spirit, and really a God is closer than you think. Also, as we're going through the, the uh, series, there in your back on our connection table, there is a whole thing of scriptures there about the, the role of the Holy Spirit and power, the, the active ministry of Jesus, all those things. You can take those home with you, and you can um, study those, these scriptures as we're going through, because every scripture that's on this paper, we're going to go through either once or twice in our series. So I want you to get your Bibles out. I remember I said it's summertime, and it's time to get you a Bible. If you don't, you have a Bible or you have, I know now we have smartphones that you guys have your Bibles on. And I'm going to walk around and check and see if you have it on or not, because if you don't, then I'm going to find out if you have Angry Birds on. I know about the Angry Birds. Okay. And don't play like it's me. You're dropping something on. Amen. All right. <laughs> Pneumatology. God is closer than you think. God is closer than you think. The last two weeks, we talked about the Holy Spirit is. And I gave you uh, scriptures, Acts 1, 1 through 8. And 8 says, you shall receive, let me break it down. You shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses. And I talked about the word power from the Holy Spirit, which translates into ability, efficiency, and might. That we all need this just to live this life we call Christianity. We need power from on high to live this life, to raise our children, to be good husbands and wives, to do all the work in the marketplace. We need the power of God more than we've ever needed the power of God. And the reason why we opened this start, the um, pneumatology and want to explain some things to you because we, re we realize that folks are not too versed on who the Holy Spirit is. We talked about that. We've learned how to experience the Holy Spirit, some good, some bad. Some other things they talked about, but never anybody's ever taken and unpacked who the Holy Spirit is. And a lot of us are walking around thinking we're alone or God is so far away. And God isn't far away. He's closer than you think. Our society says, well, God's, done, you know, there's a deism in our society. Deism is, a, is a, uh, a teaching that God created the universe. And then he left it to us to run it. And nature and all those things that we can recognize as a real God, but he's not really in tune with his creation. He's leaving us to ourselves. And sometimes we think that way. That God created something and he leaves us by ourselves. But no, 
when we studied about the Holy Spirit, we see that God sent Jesus and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower us, to comfort us, to bring all things to us that's from heaven. But if you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, you'll think that God is farther than you think versus when God is closer than you think. There's a bumper sticker, a bunker, well, there's a license plate that I saw the other day. I said, I need to get and make a picture of this and send it up. God is my co-pilot. How many of you have seen this type of sticker before? They probably cut you off in traffic, didn't they? <laughs> now, it sounds Christian-y and it sounds good. They sell this stuff. But I grew up with aviators. I know who the flight commander is on a B-1, and I know who the co-pilot is on a B-1 or a C-130. They're nobody. They're only there in case the flight commander has a problem. <laughs> or he's the guy that you say, check this, check that, check, check, and he stands there, check. Did you check that? Did you check the wheels? Did you check all that? That's what the co-pilot does. And it seemed like our worldview is, God, take the wheel. There's a song that came out. God, take the wheel. Why does he need to take the wheel? He owns the car. Be my co-pilot. Oh, God is my pilot. Oh, God is everything. We are the co-pilot. It's his grace that he lets us ride. We're the nobodies. So when I saw that, I said, we need to really change our thinking. And this is out of Abilene, about who God is and who the Holy Spirit is. When you go through the Old Testament, you'll see how God manifested his power through certain people. Moses, David, he would empower them to do great things. And when it was over, they died. I know Moses had a moment in, in Exodus chapter 33 that he still, God said, send the, I'm just going to send the angels up, send an angel with you, and you can go up and conquer the land. But I'm not going with you because you are stiff-necked people. I might exterminate you on the way because they wouldn't listen. They were being, everything was being provided for them. Water, food, clothing. They didn't have to do anything. Woke up in the morning, ate some bread. At night, if they wanted some meat, he bring some quail to them. They complained a lot. Moses' reaction was this. And it's, what, you know, it's one thing to know that God is for you, which he, re- he, re- he recognized that God was for him. It's another thing that God is with him. And Moses told him in Exodus 33, 15, unless your spirit goes with me, don't tell us to go up here. And here was the main reason why he said this. Because he says, by your spirit, we become a distinct people. They can tell the difference between who their God is when they see us. They can tell the difference of a good God when they see us. When your presence and your power is among us, we stick out among everyone else. See, the good idea would have been go with the angel. I can get what I want by an angel, but the real idea and the God idea is I get God and I get the possession. See, they, the easy way, get an angel, get an angle, get a, get a program. No, get God and walk with him. He says, unless you go with me, don't, I'm not going. 
unless God is with me, guys, we can't do nothing. He's with me in my workplace, raising my kids. We can do nothing that is lasting. And that's how God worked. And then when you get into David and you get into Solomon, Solomon was going to want to, David wanted to build a temple for God. He couldn't because he was a man of war. And Solomon was chosen to build a temple. And God would visibly going they built the temple he went to the temple and god would show himself by his presence by smoke during the day fire at night external presence and he said in second second chronicles uh chapter seven and eight he said i will put i will be here in this temple this is where i will dwell among my people and you know when i looked that up and i remember growing up as a lutheran the temple was the center of society. Everything worked out of the temple. And I was a Lutheran. Everything worked out of the church. We had our own club. We had our own school. We had our everything. And that world, was, everything was centered around the church. Because that's what we believed. That's what God's presence was. But then we get into the New Testament. When Jesus died, we're raised again. Before he died, he's telling his disciples, look, I'm going. It's good that I go because I can only limit it as a human on earth. Like I'll be unlimited when I send the Holy Spirit. Not just to dwell outside of us, but to dwell inside of us. And it takes you to our theme scripture today. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. And it's a question, and it's the question I wanted to ask you. Do you know, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Do you not know the most powerful force in the universe dwells in each and every one of us? Do you not know the cure for cancer, the cure for all things dwells inside of us? Do you know that what power on high dwells inside of us? It's more than just saying a prayer and becoming a smo is my one of my teachers taught me. You know what a smo is? Sunday morning only. It's knowing that God of the universe lives. Put your hands on your, on your heart if you're going, you're born again believer. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. It doesn't matter about the external temple. It's about the eternal power that's inside of you. I love when they talk about vital organs. What's vital? The Holy Spirit is vital in each and, each and, each and one of us. You know, well, our bodies are God's tools in his temple. God wants to share this gospel all around the world. Well, we are his tools and we are his temple. Before they reside in a temple built with hands. Now is a temple that he created, which is us, and he deposited his Holy Spirit in each and every one of us, which means I'm never alone. As much as the enemy says, you're all by yourself in this. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not alone. The Holy Spirit's inside of me. Even on my darkest hours, he's inside of me. 
waiting to work with me, waiting to help me walk this thing out, want me to stop doing what I'm doing and listen to him. <laughs> wow. When you hear that, do you not know? Wow. And I want to spend some time in some most powerful scriptures in the New Testament, in the book of John, the next few minutes, talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is this morning that you get a revelation of God who's inside of you. I wish at your age I got that revelation because I always walk by everything external, not by what's internal. doesn't matter what's going on around me. It really matters what's pumping inside of me. That will change everything around me because he changes me. I'm going to start here, the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to John chapter 16, verses 5 through 11. Again, if you don't have your Bibles, it's on the screen. It says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. And now you ask, where I'm, ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For then I go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and, he, and you no longer see me. You see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. This is Jesus preparing the disciples. I've been with you three, three, I mean, these three years ministering to you. I'm about to go. My mission is about complete. But I have to go so the Holy Spirit comes. I'm only limited as a human in this place. But when I go, I will send the Spirit that will fall upon all believers. And my, when they hear about greater works we will do, a lot of people, we put ourselves in condemnation. We don't see greater works than what Jesus did. What he's talking about in quantity. Because now there's more than one Jesus. His expression through the Holy Spirit is working all through the church. You have 200 people who are born again. 200 different expressions, personalities, walking with Jesus. Doing a work at the same time. Because the same spirit that empowers me here at the office will empower you down at, at downtown in the mall. Because that spirit is for all of us at the same time. And you see a word here, helper, which means when you see in the Greek, it means helper. Mine says helper, means comforter. And it means really in the Greek, parakletos, meaning to call alongside. Some other names for the Holy Spirit, comforter, counselor, advocate, intercessor, encourager, where is it? He lives in me. When you hear advocate, though that is like a legal term, someone is pleading your case. Whenever the devil's saying you're not worthy, he said, oh, I'm sorry, he's mine. Pleading the case. He's the greatest defense lawyer you've ever had. He's never lost a case. That's my God I serve. Never lost a case. And when I need counseling, he's right there. I don't have to dial 911 right away. I just drop to my knees. 
and become, get counseled. And it don't cost me anything but my pride. And that's the work. Counselor, advocate, intercessor, right now, we read in Hebrews, Jesus, Holy Spirit, is praying for you right now. Those deep things you won't tell anybody, he knows it because it's in your heart, and he's praying for you right now. And he's always encouraging. That's what happens when we get into worship, and we're all encouraged. We come in, and all of a sudden, this is, I like this jamming thing. This is great. you never done this before, an hour and a half, and you go home. What happened? You got encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Three things. First one, the Holy Spirit draws us to God. Let's go to Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. And him on you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I wrote this down if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit regenerates us, becomes our refuge, and seals us and gives us a reality. <laughs> I'm going to break this open for you. We didn't have to work hard to be born again. The Holy, Holy Spirit drew you to God. And you said some things, you'll get home, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. Because the Holy Spirit wants you to, at that time, God wants you at that time to receive Christ. It didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. It says, then you were sealed. You were protected. What God has stamped. No one can take the stamp off. In Eastern culture, when you stamp the letter, no one can break the seal because it's already a done deal. The king has already made a proclamation that you have to carry out. Got to tell the world, I got to make a proclamation. I am born again. I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's my proclamation. I'm sealed in him. I'm not going to lose it. And the other thing says... As a guarantee, when you look that up in the, in the Greek, it means, in the um, King James Version says, it's a earnest, earnest. How many have bought a house before? And you had to put earnest money down. It means it's a down payment for more to come. So the down payment is more to come. You receive the Spirit as a down payment. You know, when I, when I met my wife, and I told you the story. And I said, where are you going? She said, I don't have no ring on my finger. So I gave her a ring. I gave her a down payment <laughs> for more to come. Now she got them. And she said, is this what I got? Anyway. <laughs> down payment. Couldn't break it because she had big brothers. <laughs> Angels couldn't break it. It's a down payment for an inheritance. For when I, here's the reality of it. When I die, I'm going to spend my life in glory with Christ. That's the guarantee. That's the real reality. So I don't lose my mind on what's temporary. I have a get. We all, if you're born again, you have a guarantee. You have a seal 
of approval for my Father. And he gave you the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of the inheritance to come. That is my real and your real reality. I hope I'm encouraging you this morning. Because I see a glorious church that's sealed, even when you don't feel like it. And we have to start succumbing to that which is outside of us. Because one is in us is greater than that's outside of us. And we have the power from God inside of each and every one of us. He draws us to God. He seals us in God. He gives us a guarantee that we don't lose what we've gained. He never lost anybody. Wow. That's good stuff. Second thing, Holy Spirit reveals God's truth to us. Truth to us. John chapter 16, verses 12 through 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you things that are to come. You can circle that. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, you'll see me no longer. And again, a little while, you will see me. He's talking about then when he comes back, when he's raised from the dead. Talking about the comforter, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth and steers us away anything that's false. Anything that is false, he steers us away from it because he only goes to, it didn't say some truth, all truth. All truth. He illuminates what is true. He means, that means a revelation of what is true. And you say, wow, I didn't even know that. That is true. Now, can I give you a secret? What is true to God in the Bible will not feel like truth to you. It wasn't designed for us to make us feel good. It was designed to grow us up. Holy Spirit reveals God's will for our lives and helps us apply God's word to our lives. So you have the counselor. You have the that is going to counsel you, the comforter. That was going to guide you. He's a teacher. He will teach you all truth. That's what I love about when you're talking about um, um, the class that we're doing right now, freedom in Christ. Because you take what the lies have been said over you and you put it where the Holy Spirit says about you, which is only the truth, which will set the truth for what? Sets you free. I remember growing up, and I don't know if it's a habit that we have, when you're going through a problem, you find the one that's going through the worst problem than you to get advice. Like the guys when I was in the barracks growing up in the, in the military. They get in divorce, so they go to divorce guys in the barracks. Give me some advice. You're my counselor now. No! If you're broke, don't go to someone's broke. You're going to find a lot of people that act like you. Broke like you, and want you, you know, misery loves company. Think about it. 
When I go to California, there are those on every corner will tell your fortune. I'm a psychic. Psychic on this corner, psychic on the only corner. You know what it tells me? That society is lost and they will settle for less to find out where to go. When all, and as believers, we don't have to do that because all we have to do is find out who's inside of us, get in the word that's in front of us, and recognize Jesus is over us, and we know exactly what to do. Have the full trinity. I'm going to share this with you in John chapter 14. Residing in each and every one of us. Key word, forever. It doesn't run out. It never fails because God never fails. We might fail, but that doesn't take the the calling off your life. You might take a shortcut. It doesn't take the calling and what you're called to do off your life. But you got to get in his his Bible and activate what is inside of you already. So I gave that book to the men. Don't want them walking in fear. I want them walking in God's word that vanquishes all fear. Not my word. God's word. Last scripture. The Holy Spirit, this talks to everybody, comforts us. It's a long scripture. Let me read this for you. John chapter 14. I want to give you some, give, let me exhort you in this. When you go home today or tomorrow, get into the book of John 14, 15, and 16, and 17. It's Jesus' last words, trying to get the disciples ready. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you. How long? Come on, how long? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells where? And where? You mean around me? Where's he at? Where? 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 in us. How long? (laughs) See? Man! I gotta get through this. (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit. He's not weird. He's powerful. And I will not leave you as orphans. Billy blessed me as a foster child. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no longer, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Full Trinity. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he is, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and what? Manifest myself to him. Judas Iscariot said to the Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. My father will love him, and he will come to him, and he'll what? Wow. I'm comforted already. I got to finish up. 24. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the words that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. 25. And these things I have spoken to you to a while, I'm still with you. 26. But the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Now as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, 
need to let them be afraid. These guys were being very, they were very nervous. You can clap, it's fine. It's the word of God. They were nervous that Jesus was leaving. And he was trying to comfort them. But he said something profound. When you hear the word comforter, I looked it up in the Greek, which I'm telling you, everyone is too strong here this morning. In the Greek, it means the first word come means to come alongside. And the second word, part of the part of the comforter, fortis, means strong. You are too strong in, on the inside. We don't get crushed because we're just too strong on the inside. He come alongside, but he's inside of me, makes me strong, strengthens me. The power of God in each and every one of us. Reason why we're working so hard, because we're not letting him do any of the work. I recognize the pastor, I have this, 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 seem like it's a, um, how do you call it? It's a struggle. How much do I do to get people to do stuff? Or how much do I let the Holy Spirit to convince them? Because the word convict means convince them to do it. How many calls do I make to make them do something? If I convince them, someone else will convince them out of it. But if I, let, if I pray for them and the Holy Spirit convince them, it's forever. That's the struggle. I want to work hard, but I have to let the Holy Spirit, and you have to let the Holy Spirit speak to you in these moments. And my prayer is that he'll, you'll hear him, and he'll tell you, and you'll operate in what he tells you to do. Because the Holy Spirit uses the word to give us his peace, his love, and his joy. I realize as believers, we're not happy anymore. You know why? Because we adopted this world system. Let me explain this. See, the world bases its peace off resources. So if we don't have a resource, we don't have any peace, we don't have any joy until we think we receive one. But God bases his peace that the world gives, that he only gives on relationships. So if I'm in a tight spot, the more I go to my father, the more I go to Jesus, the more that relationship grows, the more peace I have because it's an eternal thing, not an external thing. And you have your joy back because what's ever inside of you will change your mind and what's outside of you. I don't care if you don't have a job. Matthew 6, 30, don't worry about those things. If that's inside of me, something's coming my way. So I got to praise him and have fun anyway on the way. There's nothing wrong with having fun anymore. There's nothing wrong. We've taken this Christianity and we made it hard. Oh, I got to go to church. I got to do this. How you know? I'm blessed, brother, but I can do a lot better. I'm like, what is wrong with everybody? <laughs> I love to have fun. I'm serious, too. But I, I realize what's inside of us is dying. And it's not the spirit's problem. Because it's there. We're not accessing him. Because our peace depends on the relationships on the inside, which will resonate everything on the outside. The reason why I can be a great husband, and she'll have to tell you tonight, I'm not sure. I try hard. 
It's because the Holy Spirit teaching me. <laughs> There's no manual except the Bible. Raise your kids. You got all these experts. They don't know nothing because every child's different. Until you get with other people. Your son do that too. Yeah, I thought he was weird. We found out in the relationship with other people. Oh, he does that too. Okay, it must be a kid thing. Oh, I'm feeling better now. I was going to cast the devil out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm saying. A lot of you walked in here feeling crushed. A lot of pressure. I spent 40 minutes, 30 minutes yelling at you about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to re realize that he that's in you is so much greater when you unpack this than that and which and anything outside of you. Because the reason why we can stand is because our pressure is, is bigger on the inside than the pressure we're feeling from the outside. And don't, like Sammy said, don't lose hope on anything. Because once God said something, I think the last time I checked, it said forever. Not like he's going to cut out. Like people cut out. Like family members cut out. God ain't going to cut out when it gets tough. He comes closer when it gets tough. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, what did he do? Guess I got to come down and come what? Closer. He knew the answer. He wanted to restore the relationship. He didn't want to beat him up. God comes closer. But here's the greatest thing. He's inside of you, ready to expand you. And when I have a revelation of that, and I just want to be the vehicle for him to use. He don't have to take the wheel. He owns the wheel. Thank you for letting me ride this train. Thank you, Lord, for letting me see us go to 1,200 people before I die. Thank you. Everything. He does it. And while I'm down here, I feel your pain. That's one of the things of walking in perfect. You feel the pain in the room. It's like a comedian. He sees the pain, but he also sees the laughter in it. But I feel it. I don't want you walking under. You're too strong. We just read it. You have a fortress inside of you. You have the refuge of the Holy Spirit. You are loved. You want to know true love? Only comes from God. Not from outside. Only God will show you how much he loves you. And when you, you realize how much he loves you, everything else, he'll bring the right person to you. But your first love ought to be for him. Let's all stand.